Hello everyone and welcome to Brody Sports Talk. My name is Caleb Walgren. It is Season 3, Episode 90, and we are going to jump right in with our Week 10 of the NFL. How are we already at double digits of this? Uh, but we're at Week 10 of the NFL Power Rankings. I am joined by my fantastic co-host, who is on a Rocky Mountain high after this last week. That is Derek Rusnick. Derek, how are you doing, man? We just passed halfway through the season. So week nine, finishing that up, we have nine more weeks of great football, uh, of the regular season football in front of us. And thank you for the shout out because the Broncos beat the snot out of the Cowboys. It's a good week. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that we will attempt to bring that up in uh, all of our episodes that we released this week because uh, one, we don't like the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, can't can't help myself there. Uh, that doesn't mean we're unpartial. So we let's go ahead and uh, make sure we explain how power rankings work real fast. So Sean, who is a on a leave, my brother Luke, Derek, and myself come together and we rank the teams 1 through 32. So this is not my list. This is not Derek's list. This is a combined group list. And we take those teams and split them into four tiers so that we can discuss one team in each tier at a better better depth. Uh, we have the playoff tier, which are teams that are virtual locks for the playoffs at this point in the season. We have the aspiring tier, which is the... I'm going to call that the upper half of the murky middle because the the middle of the yeah. NFL this year is very chaotic and aspiring is slightly above wavering, which is the teams where we go, I see more red flags in this group of the middle teams than I did from the teams in the aspiring tier. And last but not least, you know, someone's got to live in the basement. It's a full house and... Those eight teams are just struggling. They're struggling more than everyone else. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the playoff tier. At number one, a updated number one again this week, the Arizona Cardinals. They have reclaimed their throne at number one. At number two, we have the Tennessee Titans. That is the highest the Titans have been this year. At three, we have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers feasting on a bye this past week. At number four, the Los Angeles Rams. At number five, uh, what is love? The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> At number six, we have Lamar Jackson and his comebacks with the Baltimore Ravens. At number seven, we have the slipping down the list, the Dallas Cowboys. What a lone star tragedy this past weekend for them. And uh, we're over that pretty fast. At number eight, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. But one team that we have not talked about very often this year is those Arizona Cardinals. So let's go ahead and dive a little bit more into the Cardinals this week because they did reclaim the spot at number one. And they have impressed all year as I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to ask. You know, they... They lead a lot of the sites in terms of metrics. They have the best record in football at 8-1. and one. But that NFC race is ridiculously tight. If you noticed, we have five 
NFC teams in the playoff tier. So that's the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers, and the Cowboys. The Rams, of course, are still in their division. And I'm just curious who is going to get home field advantage. So we're just going to either say Arizona or we're going to say the field. We're not going to, if you don't go with Arizona, you don't have to commit. But I want to say, you know, can Arizona get the number one seed in the NFC when all is said and done? Uh, just to go over their schedule real quick. They host the Panthers. They travel to Seattle. They have a bye. They travel to Chicago, host the Rams, travel to Detroit, host the Colts, travel to Dallas, and then they have that second match with Seattle there as the season closer. Uh, Derek, where are you at? You know, there's so many options I feel like this one can go. Yeah, so for me, I have the card. I am taking the Cardinals against the field. So I think that they have one more loss amongst those folks that you you talked about because the last two games at Dallas and hosting Seahawks, both of those teams are going to be hungry to get to a certain point. But the Cardinals will have wrapped up something, will probably have wrapped up the number one seed by then. So I think the only ones that I worry about at this point is the Seattle games, both of them, the, the at Seattle and the last game of the season where they are hosting the Seahawks because we know they can beat the Rams. They've already done it. So I think the, the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL right now based upon my power rankings, and, and they are generally uh, similar to, to other people's, but they have a win at the Titans, which is my number two team, uh, a win at home versus the Vikes, which is my 19 uh, team, Jaguars, my 26th, but still uh, better than we expected because they beat the Buffalo Bills this last weekend. The Rams, which are the three three team for me, the Niners twice, which is the 23rd best team, the Browns at eight. So, and they also have one versus the Texans, but we don't count that one. So they have wins over four quote-unquote, top 10 teams for me. Um, and we, I mean, it's hard to, to see wins over um, better teams out there. Their only loss, a three-point loss, short week against the Packers. I put them up against uh, against anybody, frankly, and I think the, the Cardinals are going to be the number one seed in the, the NFC and maybe they had the best record in the league period. So I think I see where you're coming from on this, Derek. I don't necessarily have a clear and undisputed name that I want to say will rival the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are right now the class of the NFC. However, if I'm having to choose them or the field right now, I'm still going to take the field. I think that there are too many games. I know that the Packers, who are right behind them and are going to get Aaron Rodgers back this week most likely are they have a tiebreaker in that head-to-head win I also think you know just because you beat the Rams once doesn't mean that beating them again is a sure thing there's a reason divisional games are chaos and that's part of why you have Seattle's games as risks and I just think that the schedule is a lot tougher 
for the Cardinals than it will be for other teams. So while I don't have a, yes, I'm going to say this team will beat them, I'm going to say I think that they get caught. I just don't know by who. Yeah, so I would like to ask you how Bart and Maggie and Lisa are, and if you'd give a, a kiss to Marge for me, because you sound like a homer. So I don't even know that I'm saying that the Packers are the team to do it. You know, if they lose at Dallas, Dallas then has a potential tiebreaker over them as well. You know, if they split with the Rams, they may not even be the one seed because the Rams could end up having the tiebreaker in the division. So there's a lot up in the air. That's all I'm saying. I'm. It's too early for me to lock in Arizona, even if I think they are the favorite. I will say they are the favorite. I just don't think that I will. Uh, I'm not ready for that spicy take to say that they've got it. Let's move on. Let's move on to the aspiring tier. As we said, these are the teams that are at the upper half of the murky middle. And uh, no team probably exemplifies that better than at number nine. We have uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, maybe they should be focusing on breaking some of their opponents instead of some tables. Uh, at number 10, the climbing Pittsburgh Steelers, winners of four in a row. At number 11, the Cleveland Browns, who looked absolutely dynamic in their trouncing of the Bengals this past week. At number 12, another team on a winning streak, the New England Patriots. At number 13, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, who... Man, I don't like picking their games. Uh, number 14, similarly, the New Orleans Saints, who stumbled against Atlanta. And number 15, the Cincinnati Bengals, who... I mean, we just had them up in the playoff tier a couple weeks ago. Back-to-back uh, -back losses will get you down low in the aspiring tier. And at uh, number 16, probably one of the most puzzling teams of the season, the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, let's go ahead and let's focus in more on those Bills. So they have dropped two of their last three, and they stumbled into a late victory over Miami in Week 8. Uh, in their losses, the Bills had 82 rushing yards against the Titans, and then 72 rushing yards at the Jaguars, and 50 of those were by their quarterback, Josh Allen, who didn't even appear to be the best Josh Allen on the field. Uh, my question uh, for you, Derek, is is this team too one-sided for them to be able to win the division? So, yes. Uh, for me, they are too one-sided to win the division because there's another team that's in this aspiring tier that has won the division many, many times as long as Josh Allen has been alive. Um, the Patriots are the king of this division. Every once in a while, um, it'll go to another team. But if you just rack up the um, the amount of time over the last 25 years that the Patriots have won the East, they're finding a way to, to get it done. The Bills are a good team. But you cannot lose, especially a single-digit scoring game, to the Jaguars. And this just shows you what is happening. The Jaguars finally have their uh, American 
soil streak broken, and you would have never thought it was against the Bills. They've they've got to figure it out. I mean, I'm sure they will at some point in time during the season. But for me, I'm going to put them on upset watch and just keep a watch out on them because we have that extra game at the end of the season and you stretch out this season and the Patriots are going to find a way to to sneak in there and it only takes a, a couple of games and you're in trouble. Definitely one of the more polarizing teams I think I've seen lately is Buffalo. They're statistics and their advanced metrics say yes they've got to turn this around they've been great on defense they've been okay on offense and i feel like that's completely the opposite of where we thought they were going to be yeah before the season started i mean there was a reason that quarterback josh allen was listed in the mvp conversation as we were starting the season and I mean, let's face it, he's got to perform in order for the Bills to show up and show out. Now, I will say the Titans' loss, I don't feel like that's completely on Josh Allen, and that loss is looking as much as a loss can. It's looking better and better as the weeks are progressing, as Tennessee has shot up the rankings. I'm curious. We don't have either of those divisional games against the Patriots until December. So I don't feel like we can really say anything until it happens. I want to know how Belichick's going to try to scheme up against this team. I also want to know if how well Buffalo is going to be at trying to load the box against Damian Harris in that rushing game. I think that if nothing else, r- raise the level on the panic button. Like ra- Raise the level of alert from what I would have said is probably a pretty clear shoe in before the season of the bills winning the division. I'm at least saying uh, if this was like here in Oklahoma, I would say we need to put that tornado watch on them. You know, (laughs) they're 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 on Patriot watch. The Boston Patriots might come in and, you know, try to spill their tea and ruin the season for the bills because it is not, all peachy in Buffalo right now. They, you know, someone like the Jaguars fans were dipping their wings in ranch and got the bills all upset because they are all about blue cheese in Buffalo. As well. You should blue cheese is the best. I mean, I'm all for ruffling some feathers though. So I, I feel like that's totally what needs to happen. Are they too one-sided? I think, they need to find something. I don't know what the fault is, if it's the offensive line, if it's Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I mean, this was their running game last year, too. <laughs> True. It was Josh Allen runs. And they clearly don't have that. But you also scored six points against the Jags. <laughs> I don't know that that's a one-sided problem. I think that's called a you've got to figure out something different. You've got to inject something different into that offense. You know, if I know that their offensive coordinator was considered for a lot of openings last year, (laughs) maybe people saw that his scheme might be a little bit limited. I don't know. All I know is if, 
he's going to be considered a viable candidate against this year, Josh Allen's going to have to show up. Because the Bills' defense is good. The Bills' yep. defense is out there. I mean, the last two games they've given up a total of 20 points. 11 to the Dolphins and 9 to the Jaguars. Like, they're amazing. You've got to score more than 9 points, Buffalo. I, I, it, I'm somewhat frustrated because, I mean, you saw me. I picked them last week. Minus 14 and a half, and they didn't even score 14. Oh, I I think definitely put them on a watch. That's all I can really say. I'm sorry for the ramble there. I think we. Uh, I like your ramble. Let's go ahead. All right, let's move to that wavering tier. These are the teams that might be wavering around. You know, it's tough to really know what you're getting from them week to week. And uh, possibly no one explains that better than uh, at number 17, Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos. Uh, although I should have remembered how much Vic Fangio owns Mike McCarthy. I've been uh, around McCarthy too long to know that he doesn't do anything offensively against Vic Fangio. Uh, at number 18, uh, Carson's going to Carson. The Indianapolis Colts are in. Uh, this was a good week of Carson Carsoning, just in case you were curious. At number 19, uh, Scordero Patterson and the Atlanta Falcons. At number 20, the ever-so-puzzling Minnesota Vikings. At number 21, uh, P.J. Walker and the Carolina Panthers, as uh, Sam Darnold was announced that he has a I think they said fractured uh, scapula, which is your shoulder blade, in his throwing shoulder. Uh, he's going to be out for a while. At uh, number 22, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. On the road to uh, maybe some victories. We'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. At number 23, the uh, please start Trey Lance San Francisco 49ers. And at number 24, the uh, recent pin removed from finger, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. So, as I was saying, let's talk more about the Eagles. Uh, they did fall to 3-6, and six, and I feel like they've really had inconsistency in finding an identity under Nick Sirianni. Now, I will tell you this. I was looking at, over at Football Outsiders' website. It's one of those advanced analytics sites. And they said as far as the schedule is concerned, the Eagles have the third easiest schedule left this year. It's about time, is what I'm sure all the Eagles fans are saying. Because of those losses, at least three of those are to the AFC West teams in that cross-divisional series that they've had as they dropped it to the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders. And they just have to figure out what they're going to do different. So for me, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the Eagles lose out and Sirianni is fired, and uh, 10 being uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are your 2022 Super Bowl champions, where, where do you kind of rate the, the Eagles' chances, or where do you rate them finishing this season? Uh, I give them a 5 to 6. So I think that they are going to figure something out by the end of the season. Um, that figuring out could be that Jalen Hurts isn't the best quarterback to lead them. Um, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback in certain schemes. 
Um, we've seen it when he was in college at two different offensive powerhouses. And so we know what his skill set is. If that doesn't mesh with an offensive coordinator or an offensive coach, then you might have to find someone in the draft. You might have to find someone off of uh, free agency who's going to run your system. So for me, I think the the Eagles get a few more wins, but uh, it will not come close to a playoff berth, and it will not come... Um, it will not come with it with a bunch of hope for the Eagles. Uh, I know Philadelphia is a tough city to uh, to live in, to work in, to have a sports team in. They uh, they throw stuff at Santa Claus, and uh, yeah, for the for the time being, it's going to be a, a rough uh, row to to hoe for a first year head coach. And they're going to probably want to run him out of the building, but he's a good coach. And he'll he'll have a plan for the next three years. You're just gonna have to get through year one. That's fair. That's fair. I think it's going to be interesting because there's just so much I think available to them. So I somewhat hinted at their schedule being the third easiest. Just to go through those games, they travel to Denver. They host the Saints. They go and face the Giants. Then they go and face the Jets, so they have back-to-back weeks in the Meadowlands. They get their bye finally in week 14. And then they get to potentially feel refreshed, and they get to host Washington, host the Giants, go to Washington, and host the Cowboys. So they still have five divisional games and the Jets, which, I mean... I, you can tell me which Jets team they're going to face. I think that it's interesting. I The NFC is so weird. I mean, the Falcons, who are just a few spots above them in this aspiring tier, currently have the last spot in the NFC in the playoffs. And I realize we talked about it last week with Seattle. Would they make it in at 8-9? and nine? And right now I'm actually like, maybe Seattle would make it in at 8-9. and nine. I mean, the Panthers are behind the Falcons, and they just lost Sam Darnold for several weeks. This is such a weird playoff race, and I feel like the Eagles have to figure out ways to take one, if not two, of their next two games. So they're facing a Broncos team that has come off back-to-back wins against teams in their division, you know, one of them impressive against the Cow- against uh, Dallas. So the the Broncos won games against the Eagles division. Just to be clear. Okay, okay. I was wondering. <laughs> I, was, uh, I saw Derek's face and I was like, oh, I did not explain that well. Uh, so they beat the Cowboys handily on the road, but when they were hosting the Washington Football Team, that game was uh, less handily uh, resolved. Yeah, don't fumble when you're trying to run the clock out, uh, kids. Uh, ball control. So, I I think that they've got to find a way to win one, if not both, of these next two games. And if they do, I think that they could be at least a seven and push for a playoff berth. But I think that the more realistic scenario is if they drop both, you're three and eight, and you're trying to explore what you have as you get ready for next season. Derek, I, I don't know if you know this. The Eagles currently would have 
three picks in the top 14 of the 2022 NFL draft. Well, see, that changes things a little bit. You might want to lose games, um, and you might want to get that uh, top five pick if you can, and so that you can, I mean, like I said, you might go find that uh, that that number one quarterback um, option out there if you, you know if you want to find someone who runs your system. Um, I did not know that. That uh, I'm, I'm sure Sean should have texted me and tell me that um, with his own, he's on the Eagle Watch. So just to be clear, and I'm stealing this from our friends over at Tankathon.com. Yeah. Uh, so they have the Dolphins pick, which is number three okay. overall currently. Their pick is number seven overall. And they also would be getting the Colts pick because of how much Wentz is played. So they currently have them taking Derek Stingley Jr., the corner from LSU, who is currently out with an injury, but who everyone was lighting up about before the season. Um, they have him taking Aiden Hutchison, the edge rusher from Michigan, and then Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. I think all of those things make sense. To me, it's more of a... I mean... I don't think the Eagles have a different quarterback that they play. I don't know what you do to show, hey, we're tanking-ish because we want to see what we have by the end of the season. I think if nothing else, you, you let Hurts play because you want to get as much game tape on him as possible. You don't need to put Gardner Minshew out there. I mean, that's that's who that's the other option. I mean... If you really think Minshew Mania is going to take over Philly, I think you have something else coming to you. So, it's curious. I think that the Eagles are more interesting than you maybe potentially thought, but I'm going to I think your 5 to 6 range is probably the most accurate and the most truth. It'll just be interesting if they find a way to catch fire cuz when they played Detroit, they looked like they were a team that could do whatever they wanted and granted I mean, they were the only team that's made Detroit look that way this year, even though the Lions are winless. Agreed. All right. Last but not least, let's jump into the the basement tier. Uh, as these teams are easily down there right now and are, are trying to maybe find life alert or something because things have not been going their way. Uh, at number 25, we have... Uh, sliding into the basement, the Chicago Bears. At number 26, the team trying to escape, the New York Giants. At number 27, Duval and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fresh off that upset win over those previously mentioned Bills. At number 28, the New York Jets, who uh, may be playing Mike White or Josh Johnson at quarterback this week. That'll be an interesting one. Number 29, the Washington football team. Number 30, the Miami Dolphins. At number 31, the team the Dolphins beat, the Houston Texans. And at number 32, uh, the doormat of the NFC North, the Detroit Lions. So, let's talk about that nicknameless Washington football team. So, uh, they are coming off their best week since week four, uh, which is when they beat Atlanta. Uh, because you can't lose when you don't play. Uh, their schedule 
coming up is hosting Tampa Bay, going to Carolina, hosting Seattle, at Vegas, and then their five divisional games. And in terms of points per game, they are a bottom 10 offense and a bottom five defense. Uh, This team was rumored before the year to be a playoff contender. Uh, Derek, where, where where do we need to place the blame for the failure of the football team here in 2021? The doctors of the Washington football team. Um, if you said that certain players weren't injured, then they would be out there playing and they would win more games. That's not how that not how that works. Doctors tell you 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 uh, you're not injured, right? I th- I think it could be similar to that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So if I had to choose, I'll put it on the defense. So um, the bottom five offense, the bottom five defense. I think uh, everyone expected the the football team to have that that okay offense, but just powerhouse through on defense and and win games that way. Um, you know, with scoring less than twenty points a game. Um, the defense has not done that and the defense hasn't schemed that way i know that there are some injuries um i know the biggest one is it's this magic on the offensive side uh, i would love to have seen what he would do in that offense but uh taylor heineke seems to be the guy for now so i think the scheming of the defense um, is where I'm going to lay the blame because even if you don't have your best players out there, you can do better than what you're doing right now. Yeah, I, I tend to blame the defense as well. Uh, even when the offense has had their best games, they beat the Giants 30-29 to and they beat the Falcons 34-30. to The defense was still giving up about 30 points in both of the wins. Um. I mean, the defense has played better in their last two games. When they played the Packers, they only gave up 24. And when they played the Broncos, they only gave up 17. Granted, part of that is we knew that that game was going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to see the Broncos come out and put up a anywhere near – or not the Broncos. Uh, I was thinking of them because that's who they played. We're not going to see Washington come out and see them hold Tampa Bay to anywhere near 17 to 24 points. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. Nope. So I I think that this one it's it's weird and it's sad uh to think that things have just fallen so far so fast for this team. Like we were all hyped about Chase Young coming into the season. He has one and a half sacks exactly like that is somewhat pathetic um i mean he's had eight games and he's only had you know four other quarterback hits so he's gotten to the quarterback six times um chase young i thought you were supposed to be better than that I don't want to put all the blame on Chase Young. I think that, in general, it's defense, it's scheme. Yeah, they've had injuries, but 
like we said before the season, we thought it was more of a, if they can have the offense get to average, the defense will get them to the playoffs. I think the offense is like, yeah, it's a bottom 10 offense, but part of that is the defense is on the field and giving up points. And you don't want the game to be Taylor Heineke's throwing 40 to 50 times. Like that's not a recipe for winning. It just isn't. So it's all around disappointing. Uh, I mean, Scary Terry, Antonio Gibson, they haven't even had the years that they had last year. I think everyone feels like they're in a bit of a sophomore slump. I'm not sure where the answer lies, but I also don't feel like we're hearing anything from their rookie class. So I don't know if the GM dropped the ball on that one as well, or if it's just a toxic culture, which uh, it is because of all the reports we've heard about the Washington football team and Mr. Snyder and ladies having to figure out what doors they can go into and out of the building from because they don't want to be harassed. So, yeah. Washington football team, everyone. Uh, in the basement for a reason. Oh, well, that's why I said the the defensive scheme. Because, I mean, you can have um, players. I mean, so if you're double teaming Chase Young and or, you know, the other guys are... Um, you know, our double team and you're, you're fine. You're trying to find the, how that works. Like, oh, well, you're taking my best player away. Well, then that means someone else isn't being blocked. So you've got to figure out, okay, if they're taking Chase Young away and I haven't watched the film, so I'm speculating at this point that he hasn't had the impact because there's, you know, the other, the offense is scheming to keep him away from the quarterback. Then you have other guys free. You, you have good blitz packages that you can use them as a decoy. So I think the coaches are not getting their players in the best um, area to win win the, the defensive down. In rant. <laughs> Absolutely. Apparently, uh, this is the uh, Week 10 Power Rants by uh, Derek <laughs> and myself. Rantings. It's okay. I mean, we got to have some power rantings every now and again. And uh, we're now done. We've gone, gone through the basement. You know, we've tried to clean it up. It's still a mess. <laughs> uh, but that's why it's the basement. That's why you kind of leave it and go, I'm going to go back to the main level. Uh, things aren't as disgusting down <laughs> up there. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Uh, we'd always appreciate a five-star review. If you happen to be on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts and in a spot where you can leave us that review. And I know we've got some exciting episodes coming up. We've got our Thursday night football preview between the Ravens and Dolphins. And we've got our Fantasy Friday episode. So you always want to be able to tune in to your latest Brody Sports Talk episodes. And we appreciate all of you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. So, on behalf of Derek, my name is Caleb Walgren. We are signing out. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye, guys.